0: Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello, welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. Uh, you are watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons, the Arsenal history series that we've done this summer. We're on episode seven. Didn't realize there was as many. And we're at 1986 to 2018, the Wenger era. Uh, it will be probably very current for many of you. Uh, you'll all remember it. Uh, we all got our different views, which you'll see. Um, and uh, you know, this is a huge era in our lifetime of our, our football, football stadiums again, uh, and much more. Uh, we were quite successful as well. Um, Mark, <laughs> you know what? You know what I'm going to do. I got I got to take off those little names at the bottom so we can see our t-shirts better. Mark. Yeah, we got different views I think. Mark, how are you doing mate? <laughs> sweet as that mate, sweet as that. Sweet as that. Good. Very good. <laughs> Oops. Andy, welcome Very... welcome back again. As you Thank said you. on Friday, it's becoming a habit. <laughs> <laughs> yep,
2: yep, it certainly is.
1: Nice
2: to see you
0: again. My yeah, wife, my wife thinks uh, I'm having an affair with you, look. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, we want to ask about Trev's wife because, like, she's busy feeding the chickens and stuff like that. Trev, how are you?
0: I'm, I'm really good. Thank you, Fergus. Really good indeed. It's and and I'll explain this during the course of the podcast. But I sort of agree with both of your t-shirts, you and and Mark, um, because you know my thoughts were that Wenger should have gone, but I didn't want to get too loud and be horrible to him because I appreciated what he'd done before that. So yeah, I sort of sat right down the middle, and uh, we could well, we're going to talk about it, mate. So yeah, let's get on.
1: We are, we are indeed. And for people listening to the audio, I have uh, the T-shirt from uh, the the final day of the season, which was Mercy Oson, Uh and um, Mark, who clearly said to us on the roundup one before we started this series that he was a very early arson out one. And this isn't going to be an AKB versus W.O.B. sort of uh, podcast. This is going to be a history podcast. But, uh, Mark, you do have something that's very unique uh, to uh, yourself. And Andy, I I believe, has one as well. Uh, You've got the final uh, programme. But your programme is slightly more different than everybody else's. So you've got the, uh, the, the picture of Wenger walking down the tunnel. On the final day but yours and andy because what you've done with the club and as historians and authors have got your name on the bottom of them yeah i that's... can sell mine you can't sell yours
0: oh you can i'm jealous it do not matter what your name is because they're very limited edition and they'll be sought after anyway focus i've got to pull you up because you've done it twice now son fingers <laughs> like the, the game you're talking about wasn't the last game of the season it was bengar's last game at the Emirates stadium his actual last game was away at Huddersfield. So, yeah, just, uh, just, just, just put it right there, yeah.
1: Page He's three of my... the notes, mate. Page three of the notes.
0: Okay. All right, then. Just so you know.
1: Yeah, just, just get to, to let program. you know, you, you,
2: oh. that, that, that programme with a with name on it fetches quite a lot on eBay.
1: Oh, does it? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'll
2: show uh, you mine, Ma- but I, Ma- can't, I can't find it. I'll put it somewhere safe.
1: <laughs> Mark's going to be back in about twenty minutes. He just needs to do a listing quite quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something it's, you boys should be very proud of, by the way, having that oh, program with yeah. names on. I am very jealous, if I am honest. I don't get jealous very often, me, but I am very jealous of the fact that the club showed your appreciation like that. And the, no, yeah, right. the yeah, yeah, it,
3: it. it was very nice. And say, so, you know, we were proud to write for the program when we, you know, three or four years that we that we did. Hopefully, we'll we'll be back doing stuff, but you never know,
0: do you? No. If you start being a nice so, person yeah, Mark, we, you might do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no chance, mate. <laughs> so, so listen, after a short tenure of uh, Stuart Houston and Bruce Riach, Bruce who, uh, as we talked about on the end of the last podcast, brought uh, Burkamp to um, Arsenal, was followed by... Uh, what? That was after George Graham's departure... Uh, Arsenal went out um, probably under the the instruction or definitely under the instruction of um, David Dean um, and found this unknown Frenchman who had been um, won the league uh, in 1988 uh, with Monaco. Uh, He played uh, uh, for a period in football until he was about in, in the early 80s, late 70s to no real standard. And then he went out and won the league in Japan with uh, is it Nagayo Grandpasate? Grandpasate is all I know them as. Uh, And they won the Emperor Cup and the Japanese Super League in the first uh, in his first and only year out there. The headlines were Arsenal who? Um, Mark, since uh, you have this opposing T-shirt. Um, and 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 that's the only time we'll refer to it uh, going on. Um, I'll go with you first of all. Um, why, you know, what what was your views of this man historically? Not necessarily um, uh, your personal views, but historically, what was the views uh, 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 that you had? And and historically, how how will he go down in history? This appointment. What do you mean? The views at the time that I had. Or. Mm. Yeah, well, well the, it, it, at the at the time, probably first and foremost, yeah. Well, at the
3: time, I didn't really think anything of it, really. I just thought, well, he might be good, he might be bad. You don't know, do you? I said, no one really knew who he was. Um, you, you just trust whoever's making the decisions that they made the right decision. Um, and obviously, for the first ten or so years, they did well. Six years, eight years, they did. Yeah, okay. How how he'll be seen in history, you, 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 you don't know, do you?
1: you really, no, no, and we talked about that difficult. before we go.
3: It's, it, it's like you said, it's difficult to say. You know, it might be that in the 30 years no one will have won um, been invincible. In which case, mm-hmm. you know, being invincible will be elevated to a very high achievement maybe two or three clubs might do it in those that period. And in the next case it won't be. So it's it's difficult mm. to say because that's his real achievement. His real achievement was to was to go with, with the Invincibles. Well and invincible and fantastic the FA Cup record as well.
1: Uh, Yeah. And and 49 games unbeaten. Uh, If it wasn't for Rooney, we would have gone further. Trevor, you're wearing a shirt. Since we're talking about shirts, you're wearing a shirt. um, That was the last shirt we wore at Highbury. It's a red current shirt. We will be doing a question at some point uh, throughout this um, podcast. Uh, And at the end, uh, when we come to Andy, Andy can explain uh, what the prize will be. So just keep on listening throughout. Um, Trev, what was your thoughts as, um, you know, a failing old man back then in 1996 um, of this appointment of, of of a much younger manager than you were?
0: He's relentless, are not he, boys? He's absolutely relentless, Is Fergus, boys. You know, he won't remember him, but if it was a record player, I'd be punching him because the needle would be stuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, I I should was Mark. It's. It was. At, it was properly a case of Arsene "Who? Nobody heard of him. Nobody knew of him." You looked at him, and you, with the greatest respect to Arsene Benger, I'm not labelling him here, but you he did look at him and think he's a strange-looking fella. He didn't look like a football man, did he? Well, they called him, the Professor, didn't they? He didn't mm-hmm. look like a, a football, like a football man. So, yeah, he came in, and none of us knew. But I can't remember him getting any stick about being at the Arsenal in the early days, you know, he, he took over. We hadn't seen much success for a few years because Graham's team was on the decline. And and then Riyak came in and I think Riyak steered us to fifth in one season, didn't he? And, and then Riot went and, uh, Stuart Houston was told he weren't going to keep the job. So he went and Pat Rice took over. And then this, this bloke Wenger turns up, um, yeah, and we just didn't know, did we? We just didn't have a clue. But what he did do was, what he did do was, one of his first signings was Patrick Vieira, wasn't it? Hey, and it mm-hmm. was. The, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. One of, I said. One off. Well, if you
2: look at the timing, did he actually sign him, or, would, or was it a Bruce Rioch signing? Because the day that Vieira signed it was the
0: day that Rioch was sacked. So, so Vieira t- was signed in September '96. No, no, no. He
2: signed in August. He signed on the day, the same day that Rioc was sacked.
0: Oh right, okay. Now I'm giving him a Venger. because I because they'd obviously been tapping Wenger up, and Wenger had said, "Go and get Vieira and go and get Remy Gard. or maybe Viera maybe Trev. say that.
1: You want maybe mate? Trev? You should actually. Cr- Maybe Trev, you should uh, credit David Dean with that signing because David Dean signed Wenger, and David Dean would have was influential on lots of signings there afterwards, um, including Vieira.
0: Well, I'm going to say to I'm going to keep it in my head because it makes me smile. That it was the start of Vieira was the start of massive French influence for a while at Arsenal Football Club, and I'm going to time that nicely with Wenger coming in. And I don't care because Andy is probably right, but I don't care. I'm going to say...
1: Yeah, and, let, let,
0: and, fr-
2: go let me just read the Daily on, Mirror on, on the 10th of August, 1996. This is two days before, um, before Rio was sacked. So he's still Arsenal manager. All right, it says, Arsenal were preparing a £4.5 million swoop for AC Milan star Patrick Vieira. The French under 21 star was set to join Ajax this summer, but the deal fell through because personal terms could not be agreed. Now, Bruce Rioch's gunners are planning to snatch midfielder Vieira. So, you know, two yeah. days before Rioch was sacked, and there's the Daily Mirror talking about Arsenal signing him. Yeah, no one he... knows that Rioch's going to be sacked, except, so, that of course, the management
0: knew that he was going. Of course, they did. So, I don't know. Who knows? But I would have, I would think that Wenger then would have been speaking to Dean and said, yeah, I'll come. I'll come. I've got to work my period out at Grand Passate. But I'll yeah. come. But I want this bloke Vieira. I want him. And I admittedly, want him.
2: Admittedly, Vieira did say when he signed that he only joined because he knew that Wenger was coming. So on the right. day that... Move on. On. The, day that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on the day that Riot was sacked, Vieira knew that Wenger was going to become manager. And
1: he kept it quiet. So six um, and
2: one.
1: Andy, yeah. Uh, Andy, he, he, he Wenger used like existing players like Mercen Adams um, uh, and Parler um, who all had demons in their lives. They all had issues and problems. Uh, I, I don't know what year it was at Tony Adams. I can't remember uh, what year Tony Adams uh, went away in a, 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 a Lizzie's hotel. Um, but, uh, you know, they all had issues with drink, drugs and, and gambling. Uh, and Wenger uh, took these very ageing players um, uh, who were in probably in the final days of their career and gave them probably what, five, six, seven, eight years with the change in diet and uh, a more holistic approach. What, what, what was your thoughts on, on, on that?
2: Well, those sort of players... The press has been talking for two or three years about those players be it getting on. You know, the likes of Dixon and Winterburn. Um, Adams was 30 by then. So the whole of the defence, the, the press have been saying for a couple of years, they, you know, Graham and then Rioch, they've got to sort them out. They've got to get replacements. But as you say, that, um, Wenger has brought in this, this new um, uh, dietary regime and training regime. And those players, they, as you say, they had another five, six years left in them, and they were probably their better years because, <clears throat> for, certainly for them personally, because their wages started to to rocket at that time. That was when uh, the Premier League started to really take off, and the money started flowing in. So they probably earned more money in those last five years than they had in the previous fifteen years. And of course, as we, you know, we'll go on to talk about. It, they they enjoyed a, a great period of success as well. So they you know they they won quite a few more uh, trophies. And that, and and if you speak um, to any of them players, they will all say that it was all down to Arsene Wenger and, and what he did, what he brought to the club.
1: No, totally, you can you can listen to um, Ray Parlour daily on on Talk Sport, and he says that his career was extended by five to ten years uh, purely uh, by Wenger, and and uh, and others have said the same. Um, uh mark um i've forgotten my 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 train of thought um mark finishing third finishing third in his debut season um and to win the the league the following season you know he's the first manager from outside the uk he didn't have really a a huge footballing career um what did you make of because we met that's it you mentioned beforehand that he he built, and people talk about that he, he went into his career with Arsenal with uh, a huge and really strong back four, five. Um, do you think that was what helped him to get to that uh, third and winning the league the following season? Well, yeah, because he did, because he, he, he blended and this is you know it was, it was a
3: good move. he blended what he had with what he thought he needed to go to go forward. You know, to basically he changed the forward line pretty much, pretty completely, and midfield, but kept the defence in 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 line. So he he saw what was needed. I mean, if you look at it, if you look at his career, really, he didn't really ever pick up other side from Campbell. I think he didn't really pick up and understand defence. I don't think as much as he did attack. Um, so it was it was good for him because he already had a ready-made defence could sit there bosh bosh bosh, and then. He could change what he knew, which was obviously midfield and, and, and going forward.
1: Yeah. I, I, I've ha- I've I've had that yeah. said, you know, one second, Trev. I've I've had that said before about that he never really signed any good defenders. He did sign Loren. He did sign uh, Colatore. So do you not think that you know he did he did pick out a few?
3: Yeah, okay, but he didn't. He, he didn't. To, to my mind, he, he 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 ignored the defense to the expense of the attack. All through his career.
1: It's possibly. I, possibly I'd have to agree with you. Trev, go on.
0: No, it's it, it's really interesting listening to you to talk there because it was on my chain of thought in that there's so many times when you can talk about Wenger and you can make a contradiction, but it applies both ways. Mm. Absolutely, Wenger inherited um, a defence that was worthy of winning the league, and it showed that. He just, he just did a bit of work with them. He inherited that. And then you think that towards the end of his career, when we were all fed up with, with what was happening at the Arsenal Football Club, he couldn't build a team, let alone a defence. But then you take a backwards step to what Fergus just said, and he built he built an invincible defence mm-hmm. in 2004, you know? So you can contradict yourself lots about Wenger. You can look at the man, he, he was there that... I think the thing was, he was there that long. Yeah. There's so much time that for him to contradict himself. And we mentioned him, so I'm gonna, we've got to talk about it. Colo Toure was one of Wenger's greatest signings, in my view. I remember watching him play in his first few games for the Arsenal. And it didn't matter where Wenger played him. He just ran around the pitch. Like, you know when you see seven-year-olds play football and they just run around the pitch? <laughs> that was Colo that was Toure for me in his early days at Arsenal. That was Colo Toure for a team. And then gradually Wenger moulded him and he turned out to be a massive part of, of our team for quite a while, didn't he, Colo Toure? I remember
2: one of his early games, and he, I can't remember who it was. It was a big player. And I think Toure just ran straight into him and knocked him flying. (laughs) And like you say, he's just like running around like a kid.
1: He was a a much bigger, stronger fella than he looked, actually, I think, if you look at Toure. Um, Isn't there
0: there a story? Sorry, Fergus. Isn't there a story about Kolo Toure when he first turned up for training at the Arsenal? Was it down at Colney? Wiped one of the superstars out. I can't remember who it was, but uh, he wasn't very popular for a while. It was only a training game or something. And he's absolutely clattered them. It might have been Burkham. I don't know one of them it was. Yeah,
2: one I of them. I think that's one of Ray Parler's stories, isn't it? It might have been, might have been yeah. two or three of them and he might have done Wenger as well.
0: That's it. That's it. That's
2: what I'm <laughs> thinking about. <Andy>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but staying on the defence, you yeah, know, the 98-99 team only let in 17 goals in the league. Yeah, you know, and it was actually wow. our goal scoring that stopped us winning the league. We only scored fifty nine goals, and then the invincible team only conceded twenty six goals, and that was Wenger's defence, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, he yeah. had Lorraine, Campbell, Touré, and Cole who was the main back four, uh, just, and Lehmann in goal. Just don't and move. We could, on. we could do that.
0: Don't move on for a minute from ninety eight because it was Wenger's second season, and what we don't, what we shouldn't forget is that not only did he win the league, he did the double. You know, he did the double, our second double. So, that needs to be mentioned, you know, comfortable win over Newcastle in the FA Cup final, job done.
1: And that was with the assistance of uh, Ian Wright, uh, who uh, closed on Cliff Bastian's um, goal-scoring record. He scored his 179th goal against Bolton in September 97. So, just before that, um, uh, well, at the start of that 97-98, um, season uh, Trev, um, Ian Wright. We talked about him many a time before on uh, Gooner to Gooners and, and other podcasts. Talk to me. Do you do you think uh, Wenger got the best out of um, the best out of Ian Wright?
0: Who are you talking to me?
1: Yeah. Well, t- when I think of
0: righty, and i be uh, these two boys will know better than me. So either of you, Mark or Andrew, pick up, bandy pick up on this. There's a story that you know that, that Dean had to choose between Wright and Rioch, isn't there? Because they just couldn't be in the same yeah. room together. Mm-hmm. Any meat on that, Bone Boys? Was it a case of it's either Wright or it's RIOC? What's your views? We don't we don't know. It's a, don't obviously know. something that, that, that Dean thought about, but I would
2: have said that he would have gone for Wright over RIOC. Yeah, there was just too.
0: too much that not going right with Rioch. Yeah. Well, for a first season, Real didn't do bad. Oh, we're taking a backward step here. You've got to be careful. But Real didn't. He got the, he got fifth in his first season. It could have been worse, couldn't it? You know, new manager. Yeah, not
2: so oh, bad. You right, you I know, got, got the team playing as a team, but they just didn't have that that killer instinct, did they? That Wenger mm-hmm. came in and, and gave mm-hmm.
1: them. Yeah, you know, yeah. he yeah. added that little I, bit. I, I would imagine that Ian Wright uh, and his personality, as much as he's a you know, a staunch gooner and a, an Arsenal fan. And uh, it was great for England, great for Arsenal. I could imagine his personality um, not working very well with Wenger's sort of uh, professor-like um, style. And and that's probably why he was moved on later to West Ham and Celtic and and, and a few other clubs. And yeah. then uh, between Dean and um, Wenger, they brought in the likes of Vieira, which you talked about all right already. Petit, Anelka. Um, Anelka was—he was, uh, w- w- was the—we bought him for a half a million and sold him for twenty-seven million. Am I right, 22 Twenty-three, twenty-two,
2: twenty-three.
0: Yeah, I can't not think that Anelka was had too much influence from outside that affected that young man's game. Definitely One more sure. thing before we move on from '98, right? One more thing we got before we move on from ninety eight. I'll come back to anelcon Fergus, I promise. Ninety-eight, last game of the season at Ibury was when Tony Adams scored one of the most iconic goals ever scored on that patch of green. And it still says a shiver down my spine now. Yeah. You know, thinking about him running through on that ball from Steve Bold, when not it? Steve Bold putting for mm-hmm. crash. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Back to Anelka. What's up? The
1: Everton goal.
0: It was the Everton yeah. goal, Fergus. Yes, mate, it was indeed. Yeah. But back to Anelka, uh, oh, I, I, I oh, didn't want us to sell him for any money, and because he wasn't that, he was only what was he? Only early twenties when he when we sold him. Yeah, twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, I don't think he was it. We bought him when he was what seventeen. Yeah, he, was he was very three. young, wasn't he? Yeah, and so he'd so, only been nineteen, I think, when we sold and him. And he had too much outside influence. I think they were yeah. they were very influential. His family, I think. I think. I'm not. That's not right Yeah, saying. no,
1: no. He's, he, 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 you are right, Trev. His two brothers were his agents, and they were very mercenary. And they had, um, they, they, they had a, a goal to make sure that uh, they capitalized the best they could on the asset they had. And the asset they had was Nicholas Danelka and his wonderful ability to play football. Uh, and being young, being rich, his attitude stunk but, a little bit along the way. Um, probably.
0: Ferg, oh, Ferg, Ferg his replacement
1: weren't bad, was he?
0: <laughs> no? Well, was I, it, that's
1: what, i go. Well, people, people, when, when, when we signed his replacement, his replacement, I remember seeing him playing for France, but he was playing, I think, left back or something like that, left wing back for France. Oh, boy
0: left handed. I wasn't
1: even going to mention the hand of Frog. <laughs> that was out of order, Trev. That was really out of order. I didn't even mention Maradona. Was it handball, Yes. He said no. it himself. Yeah, but it was he actually... He said done- it himself. It was at- up uh, a stand wasn't it? He wasn't doing it on purpose. No. Why did he smile? He's smiling uh, more than Trevor is smiling now about his little joke, Thierry Henry, when he was interviewed on TV. Gone, "Eh, it was accidental. (laughs) So yeah, so yeah. But look, Thierry Henry was signed. He failed to score in his first eight games, uh, but he would go on to eclipse the man we just talked about before, was Ian Wright, uh, in a little over eight years. His first goal was versus Southampton, um, and yeah, as I said, changed his position. Uh, Do you want to talk about the 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 way they changed how he played um, for France, and then how uh, Wenger was determined, and he's done it many times since, trying to play players who weren't in their natural position in a different position.
2: I'll I'll start off with a little story. Um, I was stood outside the King's Head on the corner on, on Blackstock Road with my brother, and the date was the 28th of November, 1999. It was before a game against Derby and we were talking about Henri. And my brother said to me, I've seen enough of him now. He ain't going to make it here. He said he just can't <laughs> score goals. And and I was saying, yeah, well, I'd look through. And as you said, he didn't score many goals up until that point. And then in that game, he scored twice and he didn't stop scoring after that. And I always remind my brother of it. But yeah, he... He struggled early on, Yeah, I think Wenger was playing him on the left wing to try and give him a bit of uh, match experience and not put too much pressure on him. Um, And then in that game, he's played him uh, up front. I think it's probably the first, not, not the first, but he'd only played him as a central striker once or twice before then and quite a lot of times as a substitute. And like I say, he scored two goals in that game. And then if you look look after that, he just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. And he continued throughout his whole career at Arsenal. You know, and it Mm -hmm. wasn't just the number of goals, it was the quality of them as well. He could do absolutely everything. And he's got Dennis Bergkamp feeding him. And then later he had Robert Perez feeding him. And he's got Freddie Lundberg there as well. And in my mind... You know, it's a close-run thing. You know, people talk about who's the best player ever to play for Arsenal. For me, it's Thierry Henry, because after that lean spell at the start, he did it consistently until, the, yeah. you know, know his, his end at the Arsenal. And even when he came back, he did it as well. You know, whereas Dennis Bergkamp was a fantastic player, but he had long spells where, he you know, he, he just wasn't informed. But Henri, it was, you know, every single game. And the other teams, they just didn't know what to do
0: with him. Yeah. Aren't, aren't we lucky as Arsenal fans, boys? Aren't we lucky because you've just put a cracking case there, Andy, for Thierry Henry as the greatest player you've seen at Arsenal. I would choose someone else. But well, you you can choose any of probably a dozen players that have played for Arsenal and make a case for mm. them being the best players that have played for Arsenal. And I just giggle because it made me think that uh, a, a, what's his name? That central defenders left that mob up the road this week, and they were saying that Road and what's the other one? What's his name? The two of them were—they're one of the greatest defensive partnerships that the Premier League's ever seen. When I fell off, my stall. <laughs> I broke broken collarbone. It's hilarious, you know. But, but, so that's what that—that's what other teams have to consider as being their best players. We're spoiled we Boyle, you know. Mm. I, I would, ch- I personally would choose Adams, Fergus. I don't know you choose because I think that Adams was a value to the club as a defender and as a person, and 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 so that would be my choice. But I couldn't argue, Henri. I couldn't argue, Bergkamp. I couldn't argue one of a dozen players. Probably it's a wonderful club to be a part of. And that's. All and I, it I, was think, as I well. think that era. There
2: was like a that fantastic era. So go and watch the team playing week in week out.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was about to say the same thing. That era, you, you could pick probably the majority of the squad and say that they're outstanding players. I, I, I was, uh, I moved into the area um, around this time, ninety nine, and my first goal, uh, first game was against Bradford City on the twenty fourth of August, um, nineteen ninety nine, and and Henri did come on as a sub, um, I believe from memory. Um, and he was there. Was people? T- I was in the West Upper, and people were totting and moaning every time he he'd lost the ball and so on. And people like your brother were 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 saying, oh, nah, he ain't he ain't all that. He ain't all that." And here we go. Um, what was your What was your You're opinion of? He's,
2: he's no Anelka, is he? After Anelka, <laughs> he, you know, Anelka had, yeah, had a good very, season season before. Yeah, yeah.
1: Very true. Very true. Very true. Mark, what was your what's your thoughts on an and Henri and the preference over which one you preferred? Well obviously obviously Henri. Um
3: but yeah, I mean you can't add much what other than what the chaps have said, really. Um he was a top quality player, and as Andy said, he not only scored a shed of the goals, he scored a lot of a lot of quality goals. It wasn't just like tappins and you know lineker esque Two two foot, you know, took goals from two foot. You know, there was thirty yarders. Yeah. There was dribbles. There was you know, this whole Gomont of of of, diff, of different decent goals he scored. Um, I mean, if you're going to go for the greatest player, I've seen probably Bergkamp. But as the other guy said, you could argue for anyone, couldn't you? I mean, I, I personally I used to love Limburg when he had his red hair, but you know, yeah. as well. So. Yeah. You can you can make loads of arguments, can't you, for different players? Yeah. But this is what I was saying to you earlier, Fergus. This is why one of the things that is, even though they were we had great players, we didn't win enough, in my view, with that with that amount of quality in the team.
0: That yeah. was yeah, so right, Fergus. That was the one chance that era, from probably from 2000 to 2006 was the only chance that Arsenal were going to win the Champions League in my lifetime. I've missed the boat, I have. I've missed the boat. Gutted.
1: And maybe not in your lifetime but it, but maybe not in your lifetime mate, but it's definitely going to be a little while yet. Look, listen. Um we went on to win the league at Old Trafford. Um um and then we completed a, uh and then we completed a double beaten Chelsea 2-0 um uh in, in the FA Cup. Uh, we won the FA Cup against Southampton in a uh, 1-0 with Perez uh, and the double, uh, sorry, the double again uh, with Chelsea um, and Tottenham in 2004. And that was the, un, uh, the um, invincible season. So like winning the league at Old Trafford, winning the league again, I might point out again at White Art Lane um, are, are great achievements for us. Uh, and the, uh, uh, The uh, undefeated year um, was 2004. We went uh, undefeated in the whole domestic season and then continued to be 49 games unbeaten. The last time anybody went a whole season unbeaten uh, was 115 years previously with Preston North End. Um, And uh, Arsenal later eclipsed Nottingham Forest uh, who had gone 42 games unbeaten us, gone um 49 games unbeaten um and that game finished in october 2000 that ended in october 2004 and there was um at the battle of the buffet with sess uh, fabrigas and his uh pizza allegedly although he has had come out and said it um uh shoving a pizza in in Fergie's face trev uh do you remember that era what's your thoughts on yeah. that era
0: Fergus, I can remember it, son. I can remember it, but there's a. I, I'm sorry I keep taking a step back, Fergus, but. No, I
1: do, mate. I'm struggling today, honestly. Yeah,
0: you know, <laughs> you're moving on. I've got stuff in my head, You see, because when we won the double in 2002, you know, that, that, that was the year we got, that was the year we stole Campbell from that lot up the road, you know. And it needs to be mentioned that that, that yes. was one of the greatest pieces of transfer skullduggery mm. that I've mm. ever seen. Not only did we get him from Tottenham, we got him for nothing. We let him run his contract down and we nicked him. And it was the most brilliant piece of transfer work I've ever seen. And also that same season when we won the double was a year of another iconic goal scored for Arsenal. And it was the commentary that made. It was Ray Parler's goal in the final. It's only Ray Smash, in She goes, you know, Tim Lovejoy, eat your words, son. And I like Tim Lovejoy. But so that needed to be mentioned because we won the league by seven points that year. we, we, we 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 got sold Campbell and we won the FA Cup and we have done the double again. You know this is great. And then in two thousand and three, we won the FA Cup as you said against Southampton. Um, we didn't get anywhere. Near, we finished second in the league, but we didn't get anywhere near Manu. I'm I'm not impressed too much, boys. I've got this written down. I'm not remembering all of this. But the two thousand and four invincible season, right? Was the we were invincible, we were good, we were brilliant, but we should have won the Champions League that season. That's the one that that grates me more than losing to Barca because we should have done, put Chelsea away in the semi. They nicked a couple of goals at Ivory that they shouldn't have scored. And I still to this day say we just relaxed and lost a bit of concentration. I honestly do. 2004 was the year, should have been
1: our year in the
0: Champions League. And we got done by Chelsea. What's your view? I see you nodding,
1: Andy. Yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was actually going to go a to Mark for uh, Hang on, Andy. Sorry. I was going to go to Mark first. Because, Mark, uh, prior to this, you said it was around that time that you just went... Uh, it's probably 2006, I think you said. That mm. uh, that you stopped watching. Actually, go to Andy first and we'll we'll come back to you about the, the time <coughs> we're talking about afterwards. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right there. But I think that that's when... The silly defensive mistakes started to creep in, and that that Chelsea, you know, the Chelsea games were, you know, sort of like epitomise that. But yeah, that that was the season that we should have won the Champions League.
0: Absolutely, yeah,
2: yeah I totally agree with you there.
1: And then when we look at the um, the Rooney dive uh, to end our forty nine. Um our 49 game unbeaten run. Um, do we all agree? I, okay, we're all red and white through and through. We're probably gonna agree, but it it was definitely a dive, wasn't it? A, it? a great achievement by the by the team, but it was definitely a dive. Mark, do you want to come in on that one? I can't
3: remember
1: much of it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean I I've, I've, I've look from Yeah looking at the start it, it was Campbell wasn't it They accused who he, he, he was They said he yeah. on his feet. Yeah. I mean it was a Yeah it was a dive But I mean well, They would do it Didn't they Didn't that mean you do about it
0: i it I'll, yeah. I'll go a step further I don't care I'll say it. That fat Balding twat Right From Manchester Wasn't touched by Sol Campbell And Sol Campbell Is the most patient man In the world Because if I was Sol Campbell, I'd still be hunting Rooney down today. I'd still be looking for him. Look at whatever angle you want. Sol Campbell did not touch Wayne Rooney that day. And that was a, that was, I often say, you know, but that was the first one I can really, well, not the first, but one of the main ones in my mind that stuck out as, in some games of football, the best cheats win the games. And that was a prime example that day, the best cheat, Won the game Because Campbell never touched him Sorry Andy, I'll cut you off mate No, I was just nodding in
2: agreement But that was also the game Mike Riley was, Mike Riley was the man yeah. uh, right. And some of the decisions That he gave in that game Were unbelievable You know, two of the Man United players Should have been sent off at least You know, third in hand for pulling Lundberg down As he was clean through You know, yeah. any other player but, Would have been sent off for that
1: Wasn't that wasn't that at the height of the battle between Fergie and Wenger? Well, uh, like, you know, people talk about the voyeur thing with um, Mourinho, but the the biggest managerial battle ever was always with um, Fergie um, and um, and and Arsene Wenger. And people, yeah. because it was at Old Trafford, mm-hmm. people talked about Fergie time and his influence and his his hair dryers on his on uh, his players and his influence on referees. Do you think that Andy had that influence? Um, that it was the the Fergie factor on. No, it, on, it was Mike me. Riley. The
2: Mike Riley, the man's bent as a nine bob note. Absolutely. And, now, and now he's in charge. He's now he's in charge of the PGMOL. The standard of refereeing in the in the Premier League has been awful for years underneath yeah. him. And and we've and, seen it with VAR in the Euros. Yeah. Totally where, agree. The way that it was used, as opposed to how it's used in in England. Yeah, well, yeah,
0: something not right with Mike Riley. Uh, 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 no doubt, no doubt. That game against Man U that day, I was mm. trying not to mention it because it makes my blood boil, Andy. It does, well, right, from what I remember, was that the day Neville k- hacked Reyes all over the parkour game?
1: Yes, it yeah, it was. yeah, I think they just
0: turned it him, didn't
1: they? Yeah, yeah, awful. I, I, th- mm. I think, wasn't there not nine possible card offenses? Uh, I think I've read somewhere that were committed on Antonio Re- Reyes on on that game by the Neville twins, uh, that, twin that brothers. What,
2: that was probably what saw him off at the game in England. You know, being yes. kissed mm. about like that, and he, he obviously thought, "Oh, what's the point of staying here? Getting no protection, being
1: allowed to do that." Mm. Yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah. 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 So oh. um, we move on. We move on to two thousand and six.
0: Um, no, no We've not done 2004-2005, Fergus. Oh, sorry, 2004
1: four, two thousand. Well, we started on 2004 with the undefeated and un- um, invincible year. 2005 was the FA Cup. I, I actually haven't noted that down, unfortunately. Um, but it was the 2005, the worst FA Cup final I ever saw that was delighted. Um, it was the most boring FA Cup final I've ever seen. But Pat- Patrick Vieira left, but left with the FA Cup. This is my running off the top of my head stuff. Uh, left for the FA Cup um, after a really dire game. It went to penalties and, and we've done them. Trev, your opinion then is different to mine, is it? Yeah, we won the
0: Cup. It's The game's never dire when we win the FA Cup, mate. Never exactly. Dire. Over 100%. the moon, yeah. Over the moon, moon yeah. We, we played the game we needed to play, did boredom off the field, I don't care what anybody thinks, we played the Arsenal way when it was required, and the, the legend that is, and he is a legend, he's used to offering that word, but Vieira is undoubtedly a legend at Arsenal, yeah. his very last kick for Arsenal, very last time he ever kicked a ball on a football field for Arsenal, wins the CFA Cup, you can't not mention that final, you can't not be happy about that, I, it could be as boring as it wants, but when they're parading that cup round the field at the end of the game, I don't give a damn. Don't mm-hmm.
1: get me wrong, Trev. I was delighted to I lost my voice singing Viera in my local pub. So like you know, I, I was over the moon and delighted. But it was a dire game. It was an awful game to watch. As an no, Arsenal fan. No, it wasn't we didn't care.
0: Because we won. We it's won t- both tactical genius. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. You're outvoted here, son. I'm liking I this. I am. <laughs> totally. Three to one. <laughs> and, and
3: Philip
2: Senderos. And the thing is, Vandis the thing is for Ronaldo, Ronaldo and Rooney at bay. He didn't let them score. What a great right. player. Yeah.
3: And, and the thing is, is a game can be the best game we've ever seen. But if we lose, it's a shit game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this yeah. is it's just how football is. You yeah. know.
1: It's all about the result, isn't it? It's not about how you play. Um, Although the amount of times that we've argued and discussed over the last couple of seasons that we ask players to leave it on the pitch and we don't care about the... Re- OK, we'd like a win, but we don't care about the results. But it's all about just putting the effort in. And that's what they did in 2005, tactically, like, you know, nullified Man United, who were at that time a better team. Our team was ageing. Mm. Um, yeah. So, um, we're on to the, Trev. Can we move on to 2006 in the Champions League final yet? Oh, oh,
2: oh, we, we, did, we did finish above them in the league that season, six points clear of them in the league, and we scored 29 more goals than them that season.
0: There
1: you uh, go. Okay. Corrected yeah, again.
2: We, we, we <laughs> probably should have been favourites for that, although we didn't have Henri playing
0: in the final, which we didn't help Yeah. Would've... Well, you see, that
1: was
0: I, the I time. When money started coming into Chelsea, didn't it? You know? Yeah. They started buying yeah. it all, you know. They started buying it all. And then, of course, real the real the real skill of a, a skillful manager building a manager's aside was this was the start of it going out of the window and whoever had the most money buying trophies.
1: Mm. Sad actually when you think about it, like you know, Chelsea, you Chelsea who were about to go out of business about two or three years before that with on, on on debates and everything else. Uh once the Russian come in, then they come along and they've got all these trophies that have as you said, Trev, bought. Um yes, they are playing good football, but you know, it I, I it just doesn't sit a hundred hundred percent well with us. Um we had a good Champions League run, but we lost to Barcelona. There was huge amounts of uh, speculation over Thierry Henry's future. That he would end up in Barcelona. Um, but the game itself was ruined uh by me, by a refereeing decision, first of all. Uh that um was it so no, was it wasn't so campbell got sent off. Who got sent off? Leyman. Jens Lehman. Oh, yeah, Jens, Jens Lehman got sent off. And something I've never agreed with is if you're gonna give a keeper, a red card. That's a jeopardy in itself and a punishment in itself. And then you, uh, so he gets sent off, and then he gets a penalty. So if you're going to award a penalty, then you should actually just give him a yellow card. He, he
0: didn't get it, a penalty. He was outside he the box. He didn't get a penalty. He was sent <laughs> off for a professional foul oh, the <laughs> box. Yeah. Um, but,
1: but but it effectively it, ruined the game, though, didn't it, Trev?
0: Well. It did ruin the game, but not until right to the very end, Fergus. Firstly, I thought that I felt very sorry for Pires because I didn't think that it should have been Perez that Wenger took off. I thought Wenger made a massive error of judgment yeah. there. In that, I mean, you can see what his mindset was on the spur of the moment. He's thinking, got to stay defensive now and block. But he took off our main outlet in Perez, and, it, and it, I think it cost us. But then, of course, Sol Campbell scores another iconic goal, although it's a losing sides goal. Sol Campbell scores, and we run out of puff at the end, I think. Then we We'd, we'd, we'd played back foot and we we'd worked our socks off with 10 men against what was probably, well, it turned out to be the best side in Europe, records will show. And we just run out of steam. And last 14 minutes, we give the two goals away. And it's a sad, sad day for us all, you know. But uh, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was hard to take that. One of the hardest defeats to take that was that 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 second, probably second to the Chelsea defeat in the semi final, a couple of seasons earlier. Because I honestly, I know I'm biased, but I honestly think that we keep eleven men on the field, we win that game. Is anybody with me it, keeping it, Layman
2: on and not having Almunia
1: on? Yeah, yeah. true. And, yeah. Anybody with me um, on? Henry's performance in that game and the the, the links and the rumours to his eventual move to Barcelona, um, that corner um, where he goes down on his haunches, yes, they all were blown out their asses by that stage. Um, but it just looks like he... Do, does anybody think he, he looked like he gave up? I, or is that just my head?
0: Are you asking?
1: Anybody. Mark, go on do know. You don't know, you don't know what's going on his head? Do you? You don't
3: know what's going on his head? He could. He could have given up. He could have been thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get get start going again." He, you know. I mean, he did, he did a bit of. A, he missed a lot of chances, didn't he? As I recall. Um. um so. You know. Uh, he think for a
0: second, he's given up. Not a second. No. Not a second. Okay. He's just scored. He's just scored. Three goals in the last game of the season ever played at Ivory. He scored a hat-trick on the hallowed turf the last ever game. And trust me, he weren't giving up in that final against Barca. He wanted to win it, I reckon, 100%. But on the night, it wasn't to be. It wasn't mm. to be.
1: Well, Trev, it's like you you know how we do this. As, as Moving on to moving to the Emirates, the promise, the dream, the reality. Uh, you know, um, the credit crisis, um, uh, the two, the 2010th game for Arsenal was the final game at ha- Highbury on May the 7th, 2006. Arsenal said goodbye to Highbury after 93 years, uh, their so called spiritual home. Um, and we did it in spectacular fashion, it was uh, a fantastic day. Uh, there you. You might see it behind me somewhere. I'm, yeah, I've got the picture behind there, and you've got um, Arsenal uh, draped in red and white, with everyone in the shirts. Um, and we beat um, Wigan four two, but we didn't make it uh, make an easy job of it. But to add a little bit of cream uh, on top of the uh, um, our cherry on top of the pie is uh, by us winning that game. We knocked Tottenham. Down to fifth, and we we, we got fourth place. Um, we moved to the Emirates. Uh, the first game was uh, the Burkham testimonial on July twenty second, two thousand and six. I end up being on holidays, and my brother, who's a Man United fan, end up going to that game, which was really still pisses me off to this day. Um, let's talk about the, the the promise, the dream, versus the reality, and the influence and the the the, the issues that were surrounding that, which is credit crisis um and you know the change in fortune and how we're to do things mark i i you scoffed when i said the promise and the dream why it wasn't so much that it was when you said
3: that hybrid that, that was our so-called spiritual home it's not so-called it was and it is it still is whatever people say hybrid mm-hmm. is what made arsenal um and, and you know, and basically, we just sold a, a bunch of beans, weren't we? Which didn't really flower very well. You know I mean, why?
1: What, what, why do you say that?
3: Well, because a we've won, we haven't we've won, well, one. We haven't really looked like winning the league, aside from two thousand eight. But forget that one. Since we moved there, we've won the few cups. Um, I mean, I, I still don't see it as a. As, I, I don't see it as some okay. The difference is, is, someone said this to me once. He said, when I go, when I went to watch Arsenal at Highbury, I used to say to people, I'm going to watch the Arsenal. When I go to the Emirates, I say, I'm going to watch football. Okay. And it's a completely mm-hmm. different thing. It, it's taken, in my view, it's taken away the, not intimacy, but the, the, the fact that, for me, our Arsenal was Highbury was Arsenal. So the fact that we're not there anymore... Means you know,
1: we're just a club, we're in the is, same colors. Is that not a generational thing that, that, that this men of our age who were who grew up and were, were brought up from like you know, seven or eight when Trev went to uh, his first game in 1913? Um, and uh, at Highbury. And uh, uh move to the emirates, and they go there's nothing like there's nothing like Highbury. it's always like what what was was better um the stadium uh, you'd have to agree is outstanding. There are issues that you could say with it, but that's that's', it's not, that's it's not um, outstanding
3: it's it's just it's just a bog standard sixty thousand seat, and it's exactly the same as, as, as the Lisbon's one, isn't it? Is it Lisbon it' in Portugal. It's exactly the same as a Lisbon one. it's exactly the same. It was. It was. It was. It was. Basically, I think it was the same. Same architect made it. I won't be wrong about the architect, but it's the, it's the same state.
1: It's not outstanding. It's just. A, it's just a breeze okay, block but thing it, it, with a it, bit of steel. It, it's, it's horrible. Rather than pick it, rather than picking up that the question was, is it a generational thing?
3: Very possibly, yeah. Wouldn't 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 say that. But if you think about it in thirty years' time, we people might be saying the same thing. Might be saying, "What did we move? Who 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 are?" Who are you know, who are younger than us. And so, what was the point of moving? If you look at it historically,
0: we were successful at Highbury and we're not at the Emirates. It's, mm. it's an interesting point. Let me just chuck something in here, right? What, do you think it would have been looked at in a different light if we had a beaten Barcelona Andy, and took the European Championship to the Emirates with us and paraded it around the ground at the first game? It's is something Definitely.
2: Think? Definitely, yeah, yeah. And, and also, it might have kept some of the players there that, you know, Ashley Cole left that summer, didn't they? We yeah. stopped him for William Gallus and a few quid, and and I think that was probably um, that was that was probably a bad way to start off, you know. And as you say, if if we come back with the Champions League, uh, and we've got the Champions League trophy there in the stadium, it would have made that first season there so much more better. And um, probably you know if we kept cold, cold you know if we won the Champions League, there's something to say to Ashley Cole. Look, we're winning the big cups now. Stay with yeah. us.
1: Yeah. Um, now, Andy, I talk about I talk about the reality. The reality was in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, there was a worldwide credit crisis, no different than the pandemic is now, but a financial, uh, you know, serious financial handicap on. Uh, organizations to get cash to um we're in the middle of a redevelopment hybrid to turn into these uh, fantastic flats and also the commitment of uh building um lots of other ancillary buildings and um social housing and housing that we're going to sell on to pay for the stadium um do you not think that you know if that credit crunch didn't happen that we wouldn't have had to sell off the likes of uh, uh you know van percy and 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 so on
2: well, we didn't sell Van Persie till well after that, 2013. No, but was, I, I, I just, it I just picked it. I just picked But Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, the thing is, a lot of people will say that, but I, I, I'm no financial expert, but there are, there are plenty of people out there who will say that the extra money that we were generating through moving to the Emirates, it didn't really impact us. Or it, it, it didn't, the, the credit crunch didn't impact us that, that way. You know, most okay. of the—I think most of the flats from the Highbury uh, development and the area around the Emirates had pretty much been sold by the time that the credit crunch started to bite. So you know, there, there were—it wasn't that much of a financial burden on us. My,
1: my understanding, and I work in financial services, but not in property and that sort of stuff. My understanding, and 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 uh, my brother's work more in that side of area. My understanding was that um Lombard. Uh, which uh, got into difficulties and so on in that credit crunch, where, f- uh, no, Royal Bank of Scotland, um, who took over Lombard, were funding the Highbury project. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, they, they insisted on, they had, to, uh, they had to renew the the finances on there and they couldn't renew them at the rates there were. So it was more punitive and did put restrictions on them financially. And the only way they could renegotiate those loans were, despite uh, Mark's wanting to get rid of Wenger in 2004, 2006, whatever it was, was one of the conditions was that they kept Arsenal Wenger in situ uh, yeah. and also uh, part of his contract that he got in the first seven years of Highbury that he got five years of top four Champions League football. Do you know anything about well, well,
2: that? You know, something along them lines we're never going to know because we're not party to those negotiations. But one thing that we do know is that Arsenal renegotiated the loans that they took out to build the Emirates afterwards. Mm-hmm. But then they could do that. And the reason being, and this happened with Highbury as well. So what they done with the Emirates, when they took out the loan to build it, and it started off as a £200 million project, and then it ballooned because they had to... they, they built these uh, flats and houses around as well so it became like a 400 million pound project they had to they had nothing there to borrow that money against they, they probably had a bit of collateral in Highbury that they could borrow against because they got something there bricks and mortar there but while the emirates was being built it was just a flat piece, flat piece of land and it the, the building itself stopped for a while because I can remember someone a Tottenham fan at work having a having a dig at me about it, that, you know, well, that ain't going to happen then, is it? And we're not going to get a new stadium. And not, We've got all this money that we've borrowed. But once the stadium is built and completed and we've moved in, Arsenal have then got a massive asset that they can mm. then mm. take mm. out Correct. another mortgage for a much longer period, because mm. the, the 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 loans that they originally took out for a, for a short period only and at higher uh, not necessarily at a higher rate but once the hybrid was uh, sorry the emirates was built they have got this asset and they know that arsenal are going to con- make a lot more money out of this so banks will lend them money for a much longer period even if it's a high, the interest rate slightly higher it then means that their yearly uh, payments are, are reduced so okay. as soon as the emirates was finished and arsenal re, re uh, renegotiated the loans their yearly, um, excuse me, their
1: expenditure reduced. Was,
2: yeah, actually came down. And then on top of that, we've got an extra twenty-four thousand people going to games or buying tickets at the very least, and some of them are paying an amazing amount of money for them. So yeah. you know our, our income has like rocketed up, and our expenditure has actually dropped from what it was when we first moved in.
1: It's well documented that we've got the highest match day expenditure now with Tottenham with their new stadium, uh, pre COVID were on track to to match us. Um, you say we don't know about certain things in in the statement I made, but the the the, the bit about Wenger having to get uh, five out of seven years in the first seven years of Highbury into the top four. He actually said himself in some interview, I think it was on Sky or something like that. So I I I, I did see that, and he actually achieved seven out of seven in in that in that case. He didn't continue to do that. Um, we went through some uh, years when we had Eduardo, uh, and it looked like we could have uh, won the league. Was that 2010? I think 2010. Oh, was that a yeah. Sorry, wait? Yeah. Go on, Trev.
0: I'm doing it again, but moving from Ivory is something close to my heart, right? And and we were sold some promises, right? And and but we were sold some promises by some proper men of Arsenal. Ken Fryer was very, very vociferous about it, as was David Dean, I believe. And and we were told that. We, we were told that um, the transport hubs would be would be sorted. Well, Drayton Park doesn't even open on match days, and and Holloway Road has never been developed. Um, we were told that ticket prices would be low for the community, and we would we would see value in our season tickets, and that never happened. But the, 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 the thing that was said, the people often misword this. People think that we were told that we were going to leave Highbury to be successful. Well, we weren't told that. We were told that we have to leave Highbury to continue to be successful. And that's the one that upsets me the most. That's the one that upsets me the most because nothing could be further opposite. Uh, The treatment of us fans, in my opinion, has gone rapidly downhill since we left Arsenal. Since we left Highbury, excuse me. And the success of my football team has gone rapidly. Not rapidly, Actually opposite, it's been a slow but steady decline with the odd upward trend along the way, but albeit very briefly. So that's the problem with with moving to the Emirates. We've not we've not had the success that we hoped for, and we're told we would get. So, you know, that's that's why I struggle with the Emirates. I, I struggle greatly with it. Um I want I want to and that is why I mentioned about the Champions League and what would have happened if we'd have took the Champions League there, would it have been a different setup? So, yeah, we were salt some promises. And from my, from my perspective, none of them have really been kept.
1: Mm.
2: One, of the, one of the things that I always thought would happen was at Highbury, the, the pitch was very narrow because it, you know, it had to be to fit in between mm-hmm. Avon Road and them houses in Highbury Hill. When we moved to the Emirates, the pitch was widened. You, you know, it was much, much wider. And I thought with the players that we had, it would give us a lot more space because I, I, what what I found was at Highbury was that the away teams would come and they would pack their defence, and we didn't have the width of the pit of the, pit, of the pitch to stretch them out. We were moving to the Emirates, we had that. Then we you know we could stretch them out, but it just never happened. You know the players that were there in two thousand and four that could do that were not there by two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, and and. You know the players that he, that came in, they they just weren't as good as, as the ones that we had that
0: could have done that and made advantage of this new pitch. Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right, mate. And, and I'm just looking now after that we lost the Champions League final when we moved to the Emirates. In my opinion, that's when what you'd expect us to attract better players. And whether it was just the policy of who we went for or what, because we'll talk about it in a minute. I'm of the i of my view is that. Towards the end of his reign, we became a bit of an experiment for Wenger. That's my view. But going back, the standard of the player we were bringing in every season wasn't anywhere near what we would expect at our great club. And clubs worked us out. We'd do it season after season. The transfer window would open. All us fans would be thinking, yes, here we go. The transfer window's open. We'd do nothing all through the transfer window. Then 10 minutes before the end, we'd make two or three panic buys, pay over... Paid much over the odds for them, and they weren't any good. They weren't up to the standards of the Arsenal football club, and that didn't happen once or twice. That happened for several years, in my view, of course. Hmm. Yeah,
1: Listen, first opportunity to get any silverware in 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 uh, in the Emirates was 2011 against Birmingham. My boss is a Birmingham <laughs> fan, and I remember saying to him. Ah, this is going to be easy. This is going to be easy, and boy, did he give me grief! He still gives me grief to this day. Um, Kolschelny and it just had a a total mare. Um, It it was dreadful. Mark, you talk to me. I I know it's going to be a a man of many words, so there's probably going to be about five, and that will sum up your thoughts on this game. But can I have those five, six, maybe ten words uh, about what you thought about that uh, final? No.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Fergus, you see, what, something you just said then? Uh, w- w- just backs up what, what, what I was talking about just now because you said our first chance at silverware was the League Cup against Birmingham in 2011. That's is that five but, seasons after we moved into the Emirates? Five yeah. seasons of we, waiting for these promises. To materialise and not. We, we,
1: we did have opportunities with 2008, which um, uh, Mark corrected me on. And uh, 2010, we looked like we could have been on there. But key injuries to Eduardo and Ramsey uh, scuppered that. But it was the first time we got to a point where we should have come home with a trophy. And that was meant to light up the Emirates, re- rekindle uh, Wenger's career, uh, our, uh, the love of anger and everything else um mark do, do you want to expand on that um very eloquent um explanation
3: really because i mean you know we gave
1: Birmingham the chance to take
3: the mic out of us didn't we and they did yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what you can say really we were atrocious you know we did i, I mean i, to be honest, I, don't, I don't, can't remember watching it um
0: an Arsenal
3: special. Did you? Didn't you it, was, say, it, it, it was like it was like Luton. It was like it, it was like West Ham in the, in the in the old FA Cup days. It was just a day you turned up, you thought you're going to win it easily, and we played like Blonkers and we lost. And See, that's you what, what you can say, really. Isn't? There's not Mark's, much more to say, is there? We were awful.
2: What Mark mm. just said there about it was like Luton. Who was the villain against Luton? Gus Caesar. And as I said last week. He was fouled. Who were the villains in uh, in the Birmingham game? Chesney and Kachelny. How much stick that they had about that since then? In the same, uh, people no, don't true. talk about. Yeah. They don't talk about Koscielny as being, you know, one of the worst defenders we've ever uh, we've ever had, do they?
1: Yeah. At last, I can do it. At last, I can do it. I have. I, I, I haven't. Re- he he's had he's had a season here and there where he's been okay, uh, and yeah. games where he's been outstanding. But he's been too. Uh, it Per metasacker as slow as he was, was the only reason why uh, he had a career because he read Koleschelny's game and yeah. covered for him in so many ways. And that's my view. I'll stick with it. The guy I done. Plenty for us, uh, but, you know, peeling off an Arsenal shirt and unveiling, uh, where did he go? Olympic Leon or somewhere else it was. No idea. Poor form, mate. You, you don't do that. You don't do that. I I'll totally agree <laughs> with I've always said so, that.
2: Yeah, but for Gus Caesar, that was the end of his Arsenal career. For Koscielny, he was there for years afterwards.
0: Yeah, and it was never very good. Now, this is a really important part for me now of Wenger's career because... And I've got to explain. I was never vociferous against Wenger going. I never shouted and screamed the house down because I appreciated what he had done for our great club. But I thought that 2010, 2011 was when he should have graciously held his hands up and said, "I've been worked out here. Opposition have worked me out. I haven't got a plan B. I'm going to go while I'm still hold my head up a little bit and mm-hmm. be off." For me, this is yeah. when Wenger should have walked this this time.
1: And I think you're right, uh, Trev, the majority of people will agree with you that that's where the tide started turning. I didn't turn at that point. I was a little bit later, and uh, we'll get into that. Uh, some people were earlier, like what Mark said. Um, but, yeah, that was the point where people went, hang on a second, um, what w- 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 he's run out of ideas. And, Andy, what were your thoughts at that point then? Uh, well,
2: not so much my thoughts, but... You know, looking back, what you know, I'm just looking back at what had actually happened in them few years yeah, running up to 2011. Yeah. It's history,
1: not thoughts. Yeah.
2: So he, 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 this is when Chelsea and all of a sudden Man City have come into a load of money, and they've started poaching our players. So Ashley Cole has gone, and then Gal Clichy and Adebayor, they they took office, and Nasri, and what Wenger has done is seen that they're paying over the odds for, for our players to take them away. Although, you know, I'm not even sure we had to sell them. And so what he's done is he's put young players that are coming through onto big money contracts to stop them from being poached away. But the problem was that with that is, all of a sudden, we're, set, we're spending an awful lot more money on wages than we were before, which is taking away our transfer kitty and he's gambling on these young players being that good and staying at the club to make them successful but they weren't they weren't that, you know as good as he thought they were there was de juru bentner as three prime examples and they they were you know perhaps fairly average premiership players but for the money that they were being paid they were being paid top dollar for for what they you know for average yeah. players. Absolutely. And that, that was that was his
1: big problem there and that I think that came to a head around about 2010 11. Mm. Mm. So so 2014 eventually uh we make our way to Wembley um and after 9 years without a trophy uh, there's a serious amount of pressure as we just talked about uh on on Wenger. Uh, we arrive at, at Wembley. Uh it wasn't the easiest of semi-finals against we're going to remember uh, being at it um, and uh, we, we we beat Hull uh, we conceded twice in the opening eight minutes but Santi Cazorla bended um, a stunning free kick and um, and then <laughs> the aforementioned Lauren Kilchenley, uh gets one and in extra time, Aaron Ramsey uh, gets the third, um, just three. Uh, sorry, gets the third. Yeah, just in three minutes into the second half of extra time. I had a bruise on my back for about four days from the way uh, the Wembley cop end went. And uh, yeah, it was just unreal. Uh, what a great day. Um my first FA Cup final um and I uh at Wembley and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um and it took the pressure off Fenger. And for me, that was probably the first time where I thought he should he should go. Um we then went on to Villa uh in 2015. It was a really I was gonna say boring, but it wasn't boring because we won. We won 4-0 convincingly um uh against Villa and the ultimate moment where I did think that Wenger should have gone was the 2017 FA Cup final. We beat Man City unexplainably in the semi-final, only to be drawn against hugely hugely informed uh, Chelsea who had knocked everyone aside uh, with all the all their rubles uh, and uh, we ended up with them. I went to that game and, Trev, I, Trev, we didn't know each other at that point, did we?
0: No, thankfully.
1: Okay, <laughs> moving swiftly on <laughs> um, But I went to that game with some friends Proper friends um, uh, Went to that game with some friends And um, oh, uh, wait. We had a really good You shouldn't be putting an S on the
0: end of that You probably went with your friend I don't, think there okay. was more... I don't think we can go more than one
1: there Well actually You are right, I went alone And I met with friends
0: Yeah, okay then You must have bought them loads okay. of beer or something but I did actually. Listen, that, that, it's interesting what you say, though, Fergus. The Hull, when we beat Hull 3 2. It's strange. It's a strange because Arsenal, Mark and myself spoke about it. Arsenal got this habit of putting in some poor performances in cup finals, particularly at Wembley. We can be awful. But that day when we went 2 0 down, I still didn't think we'd lose. I still knew we'd win that game. In my head, I yeah. thought we'll win this game today. We won't lose this game today but where what's what's a good debating point Fergus is is you mentioned mate that the FA Cup took the pressure off of Wenger. and it, yeah it, it likely did but the the FA Cup had had lost its had lost its sparkle a little bit by then hadn't it you know I mean we yeah, go Man back that. in the early days of Ferguson at Man United the FA Cup did actually save his career that, that's been mm-hmm. made knowledge yeah winning the FA Cup and I don't th- when it got round to that year, when was it, 2014, when we beat Hull? Um, I don't think it had that much of an influence. Yeah, it helped, but uh it it, it wasn't that much of an influence. And and we I, I don't like to think that, that 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 made Wenger a better or more respected manager in any way because we were on a bad, bad downward spiral by then, mate.
3: Well, I I I think it did in a way because it, you know, he he does have he has, as the manager, won the most FA Cups of any manager in the history of English football. So, on that respect, you have you have to respect him for that. Um, I, I just think he, from the teams that he he set out and did, we could have won a lot more. Um, and the other thing is about fourteen is had Kieran Gibbs not not not, not nodded their ball off the line, would have been free down in about fifteen minutes, and there's no nowhere we'd have come true. back from free down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah. none. Yeah. And it was only because he was where he was, because the ball was, you know, it, it was gold bound. Um, it was there. And the other thing is, conversely, having said Wenger's got the best ever FA Cup record, he also has the worst ever Arsenal manager record of not not winning a trophy in the in a period. It, it used to be held by George Morel um, before the First World War, and the period Wenger went trophyless is the longest any, any manager's ever done. Well,
0: wow. oh wow. Never knew that you'd never guessed that in a million years, you'd have never thought that, and that's what
3: I mean by dichotomy. You know, he was fantastic at the start, and then he wasn't.
1: Yeah, Hmm. yeah. Um, before we get into uh the the, uh, 2017 FA Cup final and and everything else I alluded to, uh, Trevor, you've got a shirt on there, um, and that shirt's from the final game at at Highbury. Indeed, um, lovely red, red current traditional shirt. So I'll do it again first, last time. Yeah, first brought out in 1913, I believe, is the last time we wore it. That, um, but you know, um, I am correct, boys, aren't I?
2: You are, Fergus. How did you manage to know that?
0: Is he? <laughs> is he? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like look. I'm so, 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 some somehow I think I might have cocked up along here. Uh, no, Fergus, please, not.
2: we didn't wear that in 1913. <laughs>
0: no, okay. Right. As a matter of fact, that would be a good question to ask, wouldn't it? When did we first wear it? What do you reckon, boys? I reckon so. Yeah, in which, season, in which season?
2: did we first wear red, red currant as our Home kit.
1: Yeah, what do a great a I question. All right, can do I, do I get a mind? second? Do I get a second chance? Or is my question? <laughs> is my answer lodged at nineteen thirteen?
0: Your answer's lodged. You're gone. Well, we're we having a competition, then, are we? Yeah. And how about a little prize?
2: What Do you reckon? How about on, <laughs> <me>. <laughs> oh, I struggle with this um, oh. camera. So here we have a copy of mine. And Marks and Josh James, who uh, is deputy uh, editor at Arsenal program, uh, a copy of our book, The Arsenal, The Complete Record. And that is the prize for answering the question of in which season did Arsenal first wear Red Current as their first team home kit? I'll
0: tell you what, and Fergus,
1: a, a, uh, little, a little bit of a clue. I don't think it's 1913.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Fergus, in support of Andy and Mark's book, I sit here and I spout all this knowledge. And and yeah, a lot of it is in my head. But a lot of the stuff I actually find because I've got that in front of me. It's an absolutely amazing publication. Uh, It's a chance to win it. You need to get your entries in people because it's well worth the money to buy it anyway. But to win it for free, it's a cracking price.
1: Uh, the easiest way to enter is uh, enter um, uh, your correct answer to me on Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Um, and if you want a couple of your lads in, you've got their, their their Twitter handles on there. you got Gunnar Hilsey, uh, Royal Arsenal MRA, and Gunnar underscore AK. Um, with just um, the, uh, the year you think that we first wore uh, Red Current. Not nineteen thirteen, um, and we, just, uh, we will randomly just, pick somebody.
2: Just clarify, we want the season, okay? The first season that yeah. we wore that color. We'll
1: okay, it, 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 okay, okay. So Please. fine. Listen, we're, we're on to uh, as I said, one of the, the the greatest days I had out, which was uh, the the final um, against Chelsea. We had beat Man City in the semi final. We were underdogs and. Uh, uh, chelsea had won nearly everything um we were outside the top four for the first time uh in wenger's era since um, 95 96 and we go on to win the game 2-1 rambo's uh champagne charlie george style celebration what a game what a day uh mark can we get some excitement out of you
3: Hey, it's the hat,
1: hat I wore. He's got his hat on. <laughs> the,
3: this is the hat I wore to the game, and that was Brilliant. it. Is that basically?
1: Is that, is, that, is that showing you excited? Maybe, maybe
3: not. I was the excited anyway. I'll tell you what. The, 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 one of the things I do remember is at the end of it, they played "Sweet Caroline."
1: Da da da. da, da. <laughs> I know, and it hasn't stopped since, has it? <laughs>
3: Quite right too, in my opinion. I know, I'd like to see them play a bit of Barry Manilow as well, somehow.
0: All, all these one? young people, all these young fans that are, that are giving Rob Olding a bit of stick, if you've not seen it, watch that final. Rob Oldin was a superstar in that game. Outstanding, him
1: and, Peter, him and
0: were An outstanding, an outstanding game of football. And and Rob Olding still lives on that with me today. Although I don't think he's a bad player anyway, to be honest. But Rob Olding lives on that with me
3: today. I I can't work out why people don't like him.
0: I agree.
1: Because 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 he's not a superstar. Mm. You know what? That's a really good point, Mark and Trevor. It's almost around then that the outbreak of social media the outbreak of twitter the outbreak it was gradually getting but everybody was on it and everybody has an opinion and most of their opinions are absolute rubbish and people just slate off players left right and center and it just got worse and worse and worse since and we've seen all the stuff with like race and uh, abuse for people like that you got this olympian who's gone off because she's got issues um and, and she's getting abuse on Twitter from the one and only Piers Morgan, etc. Um, but the it, it's I I, th- I think you know Rob Holding for that game, that was his probably his best game that he's ever played, and that was greatly helped by the experience of her matasaka. Don't you agree? Yeah,
0: yeah. Huh? It's a fact. What? It's a fact.
3: Yeah, but I, I say I, I just can't see why. People can't appreciate that Holdings dec- is a decent player. You know, he's, mm. he's not the greatest centre-back we've ever had, but he's he's not bad, you know. He's
0: it, well, a vast improvement of what we had before him. Oh,
3: absolutely, it? yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Agree,
1: and I, I think that you need to you need to set on your centre, uh, your, your your back four, definitely your centre back pairing, and just build around them. And uh, I, I, personally, I would do, but with the incoming Ben White, I think Holdings' days uh, are he's going to drop back into the the squad and possibly be um, be um, sold off in the future. Um, so. Uh, they can stick the double up there wherever they want is what I sang all night long, uh, in the torch. And um, we burnt Chelsea, scarfs. Uh, scarves. Uh, I got a picture. I can't put it up here now, but I got a picture of myself with, um, with, with, a, 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 an FA cup, uh, replica FA cup. Uh, we haven't put any of the, um, the goals and the videos up on this one because everything is protected by um, Premier League and FA Cup at this point. So if we put them up, they'll just block this whole thing. And we you, nobody will be able to see see that see the thing. But that at my uh, that in my view was the point that Wenger should have gone. And at that point is no matter how much you thought there was fractions among um, the fan base, um, it, it it was after that that he didn't leave. Is when it just escalated. There was. Uh, get out of our club. There uh, was there was the, 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 there was the hate, hatred of the Cronkies a little bit, but more more so um, the, the the stuff about Wenger. Um, it's time to say goodbye, uh, and, and the banners were coming out more and more uh, vociferously. Easy for me to say um, uh, at, at that time. Um, would you, Trevor, have agreed that ultimately, after taking that? third FA Cup in four years having a record 13 FA Cups uh, the man should have gracefully bowed out, bowed out and not historically but in your opinion, why didn't he?
0: I I don't think he should as I said just now, Ferguson, he shouldn't have been there then, he should have gone in 2010, 2011 for me but the fact was he was still there and he won the, these yep. FA Cups that that you know, I'm sort of contradicting myself because they did sort of keep him winning trophies, which kept some people on his side. But yeah, of course, he should have gone. I, I, I don't, I don't say a bad word. I wasn't screaming and shouting the house down for Wenger to leave, um, but I did want him to leave. And I honestly think that we became a bit of a footballing experiment for Wenger towards the end of his career. We went from being a big, strong, no nonsense team to being a side that was pushed off the ball easily, bullied easily. Beaten by sides that should never have beaten us, couldn't last a game. Um, we, we'd lose m- many goals in the last five or 10 minutes of a game because we couldn't close a game out. We had centre-halves that were about five foot eight. We just, I honestly think that we had become an experiment for Venger. And that saddens me greatly because, from my perspective, you asked me, Fergus, so I'm giving you my perspective, that sort of tarnishes. That, that's what you remember him for at the end of his career. The legacy he left was that he left a, a really poor side in a really bad way with players that weren't bothered about playing for him. I mean that last season that Wenger was at, was 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 in charge, Sanchez and Ozil just didn't want to know. Just didn't mm. want to know. I went to watch I'm just gonna check now. Just gonna check. Yeah it was I'll tell you a quick funny story because I've not told a story tonight. Uh New Year's Eve 2017, we're away at West Brom, Fergus, right? And I'm thinking, oh, the missus ain't going to be happy here. So about three or four weeks before, I said, the missus, should we do something for New Year's Eve? Should we go to the big city? Should we go? She said, yeah, where are we going to go? I said, well, we'll give London a miss. How about Birmingham? I've heard it's a good night out in Birmingham. <laughs> 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 I've got her up to a nice posh hotel and she's all happy, all singing, all dancing. And about a week later, I said to a stone of the crows, you're not going to believe this, sweetheart, we're playing West Brom on New Year's Eve. It's a bloody burden,
1: isn't
0: it? So anyway, I said, and not only that, you're a very lucky girl because I've got you a ticket as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we drove over and and we watched, we watched Arsenal play West Brom and um, I think we drew the game. Um, but... Sanchez that day, a, a player who I rated very highly when he was on top of his form, stood on the wing and salted to the game away. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And that was, that was like that sort of summed up Wenger's end to me. They weren't interested. He'd lost it. He'd experimented. he bought a small lightweight side and we weren't going to do it. But just before, just before I stop and let the lads have their eh? say, was, I, I was so worried... You spoke about it right at the top of the show, Fergus. You got a t-shirt on. His last game at Highbury, uh, at the Emirates against against Burnley. I was so worried that he was going to get booed or hissed or that. We're, we're
1: we're gonna do that in a second, Trevor.
0: Oh, okay, matey. I will stop there then, my friend.
1: Yeah. Um, guys, uh the moving just to get to that point. Uh, Trev, with his story, and he always loves the story, uh, cues it up perfectly that we got the League Cup final against Man City in February uh, 18. It was a freezing cold day. I was there. And it's one of the few times, there's only two games I've ever walked out um, of uh, watching Arsenal. And that was when Almunia uh, chucked the ball in the back of the net. Uh, three or four, What's five, fair? six, seven, I don't know how many times against West Brom. Um, I and Perez scored, I think it ended up being three two, but uh, Almunia had just an awful game. Um, but also that game because of the atmosphere with the Wenger out sort of thing. I was at the Chelsea game for my birthday early in that February when the, um, the banners came out, which were all over the newspapers. And it, the atmosphere had just gone completely toxic. Uh, um, there was a mass exodus at 70, 70 minutes uh, when the second goal went in from City. Um, and, and then we get to, um, he announces in April that he's going to stand down, uh, the Burnley home game. And exactly as Trevor said, um, everybody was worried that that toxic fan base um, could just turn Mark um, did, did, did you have that fear like, because as much as you said you, you, you've had uh, this um, opinion on Wenger much earlier on than other people and you talked to me prior about like some of the people who were in marches and so on and their varying opinions but you had some common sense and balance in your head I think is the, is the right way to, to describe <laughs> I- it I never thought anyone would would, would 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 do anything big because
3: even though um, obviously his last ever many years, you want to say, you know, from say 2011 onwards were not particularly good, the, the other ones were. So mm. most people would, would, would sort of say, well, okay, you know, we well, and the other thing is, is if you think about it, the job's done. You know, people didn't want to vilify Wenger for Wenger, they wanted to vilify not vilify him, but skit him out of of Arsenal as a manager, and that had happened. So I, I couldn't see it well, any reason why he I mean he might have a few hotheads, but I couldn't see why anybody would, would would turn against him on that day because you say it's a celebration of what he's done before that, you know, in in the first mm-hmm. part of his career basically at the club. Um when he when he you know, when he was excellent. Um so I, I never really—I never thought anybody would do anything stupid.
1: And and were you there on that day when he the the club awarded him um, our invincible trophy? No, no. Andy, were yeah. you there?
2: I wasn't either. No.
1: No. Okay. But but myself as as and tra- I'm aware
2: that, that he hasn't got that. I think he's given the trophy back to the club. Yeah. He's
1: donated yeah. it back, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The club gave it to him and he donated it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I must admit, of, of the whole things that they had done, I thought that the farewell was, uh, was um, really good and it genuinely brought a tear to my eye to see the man go. Um, uh, it was a very emotional day. But when I did see him get awarded that trophy, because not long beforehand, uh, Alex Ferguson, his nemesis, had uh, had a heart attack and... Uh, there was uh, they had made an award to Wenger in recognition, and he started off in the opening uh, comments. Uh, uh, Fergie had been ill, and he wished him well, which I thought was very honourable and gentlemanlike of him. But when they when when they gave him that trophy, I just thought, hang on, that belongs to the club, not just him, and I, I thought that was almost a little bit wrong of Arsenal to to award this trophy uh, to him. You know, it maybe we gave him a replica, uh, you know, to acknowledge him, but I just thought it was poor. Did, did, Trev, what was your thoughts on that there Because you were there, we, we were all there together.
0: Yeah, I'm of a bit of a different view, Fergus, and I think they'd probably arranged that it was never going to leave the club, that gold trophy, even though wanted to make the point that it was... Arsene Wenger that had led the side that won it. That That's the point they were making, I believe. But it's an interesting story. You mentioned how Wenger graciously mentioned. It was the first thing he said when he came on the field after the game in the Emirates. He was. He, he wished uh, Ferguson well. But a few weeks before, you know, we'd played Manchester United away in the league and um, we got beat 2-1. Mavropanos... Made his debut and had an absolute blinder. We got beat 2-1, but I thought we'd found a superstar in Mavropanos that day because we were all worried about him playing. But the the, what I'm, what the key point is that before the game, these two managers that hate wouldn't be too strong a word, you got the impression that they absolutely hated each other before this day, um, they came out and, and, and Ferguson came to the side of the pitch and he motioned to Wenger To come onto the field at Old Trafford And Wenger said, no, no, no Anyway, in the end, Ferguson had a mic I believe, if I remember rightly And Wenger did come on the field And they shook hands And Ferguson gave um, Wenger a little trophy A little memento of their their Rivalry, I suppose In the top flight of English football Which just showed that they, Although they were two men two, two men that had been nasty to each other at times you know at the end of the day they were decent men and then of course by by the time it came to the game against burnley at, at the emirates ferguson had unfortunately been been taken quite seriously poorly and the first thing that that um wenger did was much say that i'd like to wish my friend my friend ferguson didn't say alex he said my friend ferguson well so great respect shown by each of them towards towards each other but no it's for the premiership trophy I didn't think it was wrong, mate. To be honest, I, I didn't think it'd ever leave our ground. And uh, good luck to
1: him. I, I agreed. I, I I knew that. Known Wenger, known his love for the club and everything else. Um, and 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 the moment he said, I, I've watched it back two or three times. I as I said it now, um, uh, thinking that now, I will miss you. Uh, at that moment, I think you could hear just a, a general ah uh, all across the, the 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 stadium. The stadium was full of. You know, huge Wenger fans. I expect so. You know, there, there won't be many people who who didn't well, like him. They would have walked out by then. But focus. It's a fair
0: point to make, mate. You've made a very fair point there. I know several people that, out of respect to, to to Wenger, didn't make a noise in the ground, but they did leave before he came on yeah to have his presentation. So you make a fair and valid point, mate. There were people yeah. that left. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Guys, we've really overstayed our welcome. We've taken your time um, today. Uh, But listen, we've covered 22 years and a really, uh, you know, in uh, 22 years, which are so highly um, uh, successful in some times, but also highly. uh, Uh, um, uh, catalogued and remembered because of the way the world is now so there's so much information plus the one thing that you both said before we even recorded this when we talked offline uh, about it it's very much about opinions and experiences so it's not necessarily about historical fact so if we've said stuff that people are listening to that they disagree with by all means get in touch with us and, and and say it on twitter but this is what we're thinking of today it's not like what the guys have done before and they've gone through reams and reams of newspaper cuttings and internet stuff so it's it's, it's a different concept and and uh, i know the guys were not nervous but uh, are, are reticent but, but uh, you know asked would it be appropriate to do this as a, as a history sort of podcast but i've enjoyed it and uh mark andy i thank you for your time uh, mark you can stick your hat back on again just for Venger. that's all right mate much that. <laughs> <laughs> enough is enough <laughs> um, uh, Andy thank you as always um, uh, for joining us uh, tell everybody where they can find the pair of you
2: okay so we've got the, uh, the arsenalhistory.com is our main website we've also got another website the arsenalcollection.org which is full of programs books handbooks all sorts of stuff related to Arsenal, where you can read whole whole programs and books free of charge and you can also catch us on twitter at guna underscore ak
3: and roll arsenal MRA. <laughs>
1: that's mra not mrsa
0: you've lost me there fergus You've MRSA, it's
1: like some bloody... Yeah, don't worry. It's, uh, it's a thing you get in the hospital, isn't it?
0: Oh, what? OK. So, oh,
1: God, look, move on. Move on. <laughs> um, you see the uh, tumble going through, going through. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 yeah, yeah I just got ro- I've just got knocked over by one. <laughs> there is a question that we put out there. The question, Andy, do you want to repeat the question? In which... It's... What was it? In which season?
2: In which season did Arsenal first wear a red current... Uh, as
1: their home home first team kit, the red current being the colour that uh, Trevor is wearing now. Um, yep. The only clue I'll give you is I got it wrong. I said nineteen thirteen. Uh, if you want to answer that, uh, it's at guns and yellow ribbons. You can copy the lads in if you like. And there is uh, a book uh, which Andy's got to hold up, which you can win, which is uh, yeah. Arsenal: The Complete Record. Uh, it's it's Trev's Bible. People, thank you very much, people. Uh, and, and and Mark's holding one up as well. It's an um,
0: astonishingly good prize, Fergus, before you close. It's an amazing prize. And I showed it earlier, I'll show it again. I use it all the time. These boys and we're coming to the end, Fergus, you are close in a second, mate. You know, but Andy and Mark, you, you've made this is the last one, and I'm actually gutted because we'll have to think of something else to talk about and do some more of these Fergus because talking to these two lads being pulled up by these two lads being corrected by these two lads, but most of all, just generally having a chat about our great football club with these two lads. It's been not only a pleasure, it's been an honor and, and people need, if people want to know anything, look at these boys websites, the enter the competition, win the book because, because there's none better. And, uh, I've got nothing else to say apart from thanks again, boys. Thank you very much, and thank you, Fergus, for uh, letting me be part of this because um, I've appreciated it very much. Oh,
1: thank you. And, and and I'll echo that. Um, I wasn't looking forward to doing anything over the summer after the pandemic and lockdown football and and no no fans and everything else i said to trev that's it i'm done for two to three months and he went no i gotta talk about me arsenal gotta talk my, about me arsenal and i was talking to my, my 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 daughter when she was staying with us for a little while and she said why don't you do something different and then trevor messaged me and said i've reached out to andy and mark from the arsenal history and i said and they'd be all right having a chat should we should, what would she do i said what's a it's quite a coincidence that my daughter has suggested do something different as well. And it's been brilliant. There's been no talk about um transfers, no talk about nothing else. It's all just been about the Arsenal. And it's been really, really a joy one to meet the pair of you and get to know you. Uh because um where you first came on about a minute or two before we started, uh I think Mark was on about twenty five minutes, a half hour beforehand and we're having a good old giggle. And we just we we Learn to get on together, and I can't wait to meet up with you and have a pint. So, you know, uh, it will be really, really good. Thank you both very, very much. Listen, if you like what we do, um, we are on gunsandyellowribbons.com, we are on guns and ribbons on Twitter, guns and yellow ribbons on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, not that we use that much, but if you like what we do on YouTube, it's the same thing, subscribe, tell your mates about it. I know we got lots of people picking up on the, the other one. This one has gone on longer, but it w- always would have. Uh, boys, thanks very much. Have a good evening, and sorry for keeping you so long.
0: You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow
2: Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons, and remember to rate and review us too.